dancing swordsmen and swordswomen of the post-apocalypse. Welcome to Thrones of Game, the Game of Thrones podcast that dares to watch the series backwards. If you've been too busy training and never heard the show before, well, let me explain there, friend. My name is BT Calloway. I've already seen the entire show. But joining me is Elliot J. O'Neill, the man who had never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones until we started watching in reversed order. Elliot, how are you doing? Hold on, let me finish helping you with your armor and I'll uh, answer that question. Shut up, Squire, and answer the question. (laughs) I, I, I just I felt terrible doing that. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Your armor's very easy to take off, by the way. It's just a it's zipper. Just a, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and also, cloth armor. You know, I know a squire <laughs> shouldn't talk out of turn. Not very effective. Surprisingly, no one tries to stab me. <laughs> Despite all the swordsmen and swordswomen out there. And all in between, I should say. It's it's a long list now. We've got to shorten that down. Anyway, we just watched Season 4, Episode 5, entitled The First of His Name. Elliot J. O'Neill, are you the first of your name? Um, no, actually, one of the first things I did when I got Twitter was look up all the other Elliot O'Neills and Son just of a bitch. followed them. And none of them, like, had a reaction just from that. But there was one person that, like, legitimately commented on it. It was like, dude, we have the same... Do you just follow me because we have the same... I was like, yeah. <laughs> God, that's fun. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are not a lot of Ben Calloways out there, and even there's no BTs, which makes my name much better. Well, someone had at, at BT Calloway Sons on Twitter. Son's a bitch. Well, now I'm just at Old Man Calloway. He's on Twitter now, people. Watch <laughs> out. Oh, dear. I have three tweets and six followers. Woo! <laughs> but yeah, um, man, for you, everyone playing at home, this is the one where Tommen gets crowned king, henceforth the, henceforth the title, and, uh, you know, uh, All Brand and the Scooby Gang get saved from the, uh, <laughs> the rebellious Night's Watch dudes. I had written down Super Friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's funny. It's, I think that we both went the same direction on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of all that really notably happens in this episode. There's a lot of, you know, intrigue and backroom conversations about things, which we'll get into. Uh, but Elliot, what was your MVP, your most valuable part? Oh, most valuable part. Yeah, look, I didn't want to do the snoozing routine for this episode, even though it kind of was, but you can just tell that this is like the shockwave of something fucking big. Yeah, so, this is the ripple effect. Yeah, I give this episode definitely a lot more credit than the last one because mm. they're clearly like, okay, we're not going to have a lot going on because a lot just fucking happened. Yeah, I got that feel too. But even then, like, I found the final scene really cool. Uh, I thought, again, it was a really nice lumbering battle sequence. And so this is kind of a shared MVP just mm-hmm. between uh, everyone of that last scene. Because I think for an episode that really didn't need to have much going on. Yeah. Because. Again, it was yeah. clearly uh, letting the kind of pool settle off the ripples that just torn through it. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, the conversations I still found pretty engaging. Because, yeah. They're all very loaded. You can yeah, definitely tell that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll get to that final scene in a bit, um, especially when we talk about violence. Yeah. <laughs> but um, before that, um, I want to throw a minor MVP just to the kid who plays Tommen, because this is where he, he doesn't get a single line in this episode. He just gets the crown put on, but he looks nervous and he looks scared. Oh my God, he doesn't either. Yeah. And I do really like it's all just facial reaction. I think he does a great job. He just, he looks, you know, proud and, you know, uh, o- but also overwhelmed and really just a small child in way over his head. And that's a, you know, it's a, it's a good bit of face acting. So yeah. Oh, and then, yeah, especially with, yeah, his future wife yeah. uh, making making glances at each other. Yeah, and then literally Cecil Lannister just cuts in and is like, mm-mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, this, this episode actually kind of referenced, like, every other cliche genre trope. And, yeah. you know, this was... Especially the, in the beginning. Yeah, this was the rom-com moment. This was the disapproving mama. Yeah, there's like that bit in Encino Mad where Sean... <laughs> 
Aston's <laughs> looking at what's her face, and then that guy in that gif reaction just yep. slides in, like, <laughs> no. Uh, so it's pretty much that. But then we get a neat little back and forth between Marjorie Tyrell and Seesaw Lannister, which is they don't hate each other yet, but the beginnings of it are there, and I kind of dig that. Like, oh yeah, there's a little. They have a bit of a laugh for a second, like, oh, there's gonna be so many weddings, ah, <laughs> but there's also a little bit of resentment already. I dig that. That's that's pretty cool. And then the fact that Seesaw is all like. You know, Marjorie Tyrell's like, oh, you know, poor King Joffrey. I never got, he ne- just was only just married to him. And Seesaw's like, yeah, he would have been a fucking nightmare for you. Like, yeah. I love my son, but whoo, <laughs> that boy. Oh. I uh, mean, you'd have to say you love your children, but dickhead's crazy. Like, fucking, oh my. Like, even though it's a great little bit where she's like, you know, what he, what he did shocked me. Do I strike you as a woman who's easily shocked? It's like, yeah. <laughs> you are most definitely not. See, and this is, um, you know, the brilliant writing in this show. Is, and, uh, of course, the br- brilliant delivery of Lena Headey just being able mm. to have those things that could be construed as, you know, a thinly veiled, uh, uh, like, don't fuck with me, bitch moves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just, I like, yeah, a lot of it just is just left hanging. Yeah. And that's a great moment. Uh, my other minor MVP I want to throw to, uh, we get a Brion and Podrick's buddy cop movie, and this Hell is, yeah. and just the horse. <laughs> Pod's horse, which is walking all over the place, while yeah. Brion is just straightforward. He's like, didn't anyone ever teach you to ride? <laughs> yeah, it's one of the, uh, I wonder if they taught the horse to ride bad, <laughs> or they just said, Hey, actor, you've never ridden a horse. This will be brilliant. Get on this thing. Yeah, is that horse either excellent and takes direction perfectly, or is it genuinely terrible and just being itself? I don't know, but I like it. Yeah. Ah, wonderful. Yeah, it's like in uh, Django Unchained, all those horses (laughs) that were trained to fall over, or... Are they just horses that like to fall over? Yeah, who knows, man. Are they those goats that fall over when they get scared? <laughs> I love those goats. How, that just, like, disproves evolution. Like, <laughs> how the fuck is this thing still alive? Just pity? The predators are like, yeah. oh, I don't want to eat it. That was too easy. It just fell over. I feel so bad. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go eat something else, guys. Thanks. For your, sorry to bother you. I am suddenly not hungry. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, so sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm genuinely curious how do those things survive. Mm. Uh, but my actual MVP is going to go to a great little back and forth between Sansa and Aunt Liza, because it again the Aunt Liza chick is playing an amazing like unhinged character who is just accusing Sansa of like trying to steal Littlefinger away from her and all this kind of stuff yeah. and does it really really well over lemon cakes of all things right down there <laughs> lemon cakes and veiled threats and that's yeah. like this scene and it's so and you know uh, Sansa does some great acting as well getting just genuinely. You know, going from this kind of, oh, that was kind of a weird thing to say to, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Yeah, on the scale uh, of, um, oh, it's kind of creepy, she's holding my hand to, you're hurting me. Yeah. <laughs> ah, really good bit. And then- Yeah, I, I don't have a name for her creepy yet, no. but the, um, yeah, the obsessive, like, and of course, like, I don't have the whole context of her and mm. Baelish's relationship, but just like one second, they're passing and they're the, let's get married tonight and he's like oh you know okay we can do that like I've, I've lost my accent again what do i speak sound like yeah and uh i do like he's like well let me have a bath and we'll get the maesters in and she just opens up the door and everything is already there it's like <laughs> oh bitch like a community where yeah arbid pulls the wed- uh, wedding immediately <laughs> has the cranberry singer and the george clooney impersonator yeah, yeah. ready to go ready to go <laughs> and fucking again uh, aunt liza's just over insane acting she was just telling this random stranger or maybe he's like meant to be the priest i don't even know like yeah. i'm gonna moan so loud when my husband ravages me tonight that's him by the way and we get so much and then it's yeah like uh you know forrest gump's mum. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well sansa's just trying to get some sleep and it's just this, oh 
Yeah, she's clearly putting on a show. She was like, well, I already told the maester that I would. I can't, can't back out of that. He's going to know if I don't. So going to be a lot of build-up. Hope you brought earplugs. Yeah. But i got to say, I've never had much to say about Baelish's acting guy mm. <laughs> um, but you know, besides his inconsistent accent and yeah. everything, but you know that might just be where he's from. Inconsistent, yeah. <laughs> Get to your point, Elliot. Um, I just I liked how he played this scene of like really doing that delicate balance of uh, how do I appease this woman that I'm yeah. clearly not interested, and the distant eyes, just that glazed over look of oh god, I gotta fuck this person, don't I? Yeah, he does like, a lot of subtlety here, and you can definitely see him try to straddle that line of keeping her happy, but also keeping her arm's distance, and yeah. trying to decide if how much longer do I need to string her along versus is that just going to piss her off and have a turn on me? Especially when she starts talking about, you know, some deep plot cuts. Mm. Like when she's like, oh, you know, you gave me that poison and killed my husband and then you told me to write a letter to Catelyn saying it was the Lannisters and he's like, how about you, you shut up about spoilers for a moment now? Just, <laughs> just let me kiss you and you can shut up. Yeah. Yeah, good little bit. I didn't quite like it. Um, but yeah, I think that's got my MVP for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a fun little scene and also the um, the bratty kid as well, which... Robin, yeah. Yeah, can be annoying to watch at times, but I think it worked in this scene especially. Like, oh, I got a really nice toy. And then just fucking throws it down the moon door to prove a point. Yeah, Robin. Again, he's he even runs like a dork. So again, <laughs> I don't know if this is... Maybe the, the actor is just a dork, but maybe he's a really good actor because he nails that. Yeah. And he nails being a spoiled little shit, which, yeah. you know, he's probably a spoiled... Like. Who the hell knows? Hey, if he's if he's acting, then solid job, because I 100% believe it. Yeah. Oh. So nice acting choices slash being a dick. <laughs> good going, dick. Yep. Good going, dick. Um, huh, well, that's MVP. Nudity? Nope. Nah. <laughs> there was nope. sex noise. Yeah. And that's... <laughs> that's I've just put, you know, N for nudity and then question mark. Does that count? Audio nudity. Yeah, I could have even been convinced that, uh, otherwise that Baelish would go, oh, not tonight, but why don't we, you know, scream up a storm and, you know, bang the walls and... <laughs> we'll move some furniture, <laughs> uh, bang out the carpet, that'll be, you know, good. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm just going to flip through my notes. So, man, it's, it's hard. I don't want to jump straight to violence. It's actually going to take us right to the end of the episode, but I have no other questions. This is the show <laughs> format we've chosen. Uh, Elliot, other things you would like to talk about? Oh, uh, well, I mean, at least Daenerys was in a different location, but uh, yeah, yeah, I still could give less of a shit about anything happening there. Yeah, the whole... I got it wrong last time. I think I, I said uh, nothing's happening in Bravo, so it's actually nothing's happening in Marine. Ah, there we go. Yeah, but nothing is happening in Marine. She's a bit... I, I like, before you mentioned they seem to be pulling a lot of cliches from other shows, this was very Days of Our Lives, where she's oh. talking to Jorah Mamon, and you know she then turns away and looks out the window, and he goes out of focus, and it's all... Ah, oh, drama. That's so telenovela. Yeah. And the one thing that made me really cack my pants watching it, though, is like, um, you know, Joram listed like two things and they're like, oh, the mother of dragons. And she goes, I need to be more than that. That's your fucking 12 things. <laughs> <laughs> the breaker of chains, the queen of the seven kingdoms. No, the... but I need to be more. <sighs> You're also emperor of the great grass sea and sultan of swing and a few other things. The magical braider of ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, the braider of confidence, confidence braids. Mm. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, back to Lena Headey. I liked the little uh, marshmallow swirl thing she had going on in her hair. Mm -hmm. It was like, yeah, two big chunks of hair wrapped around each other, like those twirly marshmallows you get. Yeah, sounds delicious. Yeah, it's winter here. I'm very <laughs> I'm very hungry. Thinking about uh, marshmallows and fires. Mm. Mm -hmm. But we entered the whole Dan Brady bit with um, that guy who changed, act changed actors next season that I can never yeah. remember the name of, uh, who's all like, 
you know, I took their navy. Who told you to took the, take their navy? I heard you like ships. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do to impress a bitch? Jeez. <laughs> Just snacking on little chips there, talking about his ships. Yeah. Chips and ships. Uh, yeah, and I'd like that this ends basically with Dan Brady just going, okay, well, you know what? We're going to stay here for two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone and, looking forward to me invading Westeros, you better wait. Yeah, and, the, and roughly the length of What's-His-Face's reign as king. Yeah, pretty About much. About two and a half seasons. About two and a half seasons, if so. Because, yeah, the thing blows up in season six right at the end of that, right? I think. I can't remember our own chronology now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that seems about right. Because then seven, yeah, no, seven, then Cersei's on the throne. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Oh, and speaking of the throne, I don't know if I've ever seen it at this angle. I didn't realize that um, the swords and the back of the seat kind of splayed backwards. Yeah. I thought they just pointed straight up. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a side view of it. Yeah, I don't know if that's intentional or the prop is just leaning a little bit under its own weight, but it looks cool. <laughs> it works. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, yeah. yeah, just one of those things. Yeah, just never saw it from a different angle. So Yeah, I will have to show you the concept art of what the Iron Throne would look like compared to what the book is. It's, oh. pr- it's pretty epic. It looks awesome. Mm. Uh, I'll show you later. And <laughs> if I can remember, post it somewhere online, but people can look that shit up. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, speaking of thrones, I do like they show the throne in the Eyrie, which is kind of like made out of a big chunk of tree i'm not entirely sure but it's subtle it's just the background but it's there and it's neat yeah again i like how they've designed each individual throne to be really like, the one at um dragon's rock or whatever is like carved into the rock itself and bits and bits like that it makes them very distinct and uh there are some nice chairs out there in westeros oh so wait so that's not the same iron throne that they move around there's multiple thrones right Ah, oh, you mean when you know everyone's got multiple thrones and but there's too many people and then the music stops playing and everyone tries to sit down on a throne <laughs> on a on a giant chair of swords yeah, yeah it gets yeah, yeah. awkward no, no sorry is that what you were saying that there are multiple sword chairs in no, no, this no, no, world no. no no as in uh the eerie had one which is where the mo- behind the moon door is like a a branch throne oh okay and uh dragon's rock or dragon's roost oh the branch th- okay yeah. sorry sorry that's cool man clarity for all um <laughs> Yeah, and where am I here? Um, yeah, I think uh, Littlefinger also has a pretty good line where he says something to the effect of, um, you know, it's all uh, it's all said and done and faded into nothing. Only speaking of it makes it true now. Basically, again, shut up, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I wanted uh, more clarification on. Mm-hmm. When Littlefinger and Sansa are approaching that place, Blood's Hell? What's uh, it called? The, the Blood Gate. Yeah. Is that the same place that the Hound and Arya went? Yep. Yeah, thought I recognized all those people pointing arrows. Yep, they're all just standing on the side of the rock looking at people, being like, ah, who are you? Lord Baelish. Okay, and you go. <laughs> the bloody gate, sorry. Yep, and I guess that segues to a little bit of Arya and the Hound. Yeah, sure. Arya just sitting there reading a list and Hound being a grumpy cunt as always. <laughs> it's what he does and he's great. Yeah, I, lo- I love the back and forth as well with them once she's uh, practicing her sword dancing. and Yes. Yeah, he just absolutely belittles her in the same way that, you know... Um, when Marge was a little girl, they, <laughs> you know, the, the, the monkeys don't sing and play their own instruments. <laughs> what? That's not true. <laughs> yeah. That's not even Michael Nesbitt's real hat. No! Yeah. yeah. Uh, Simpsons Index for everybody out there. Yeah, and I also like that he's, you know, she uh, is telling the story of the person who trained her. He's like, the greatest swordsman of all time. He's like, well, who the hell was that? It was killed by this guy. Ha! Killed by, killed by that guy? He didn't have a sword. He didn't have a sword! <laughs> God, this guy sucks. And then he basically just lets her have a free shot and just stabs into his arm and he's like, yeah, that didn't work, did it? Mm. Nope. 
So, I don't because I, I originally wrote down, oh, look, it's all that fancy fencing she does that she never does again. And then it's like, well, maybe, I guess, fair enough. It's kind of just been proved how useless it is. Yeah. It's a nice idea when you're fencing someone who is wear, also wearing light armor and has a small sword. But if you're fighting a knight, then yeah. you're boned. So, <laughs> or a hound. Yes. <laughs> a hound will fuck you up. Yeah. And I do like she's going through a list and she's going, for one name less, she's like, oh, shut up, say it and shut up and go to sleep. She's like, okay. The hound. He's like, wait, I'm on that list. <laughs> Bitch, you could have whispered it. God, I'm right here. Yeah, I, I have real- feelings. I just don't have half a face. I really do think it's a shame that we didn't see more of these guys later on. And I guess maybe we'll see more of them going backwards, but it seems like this big impact event changed a lot of character dynamics. So. Yeah, well, this is definitely the buddy cop season. So yeah. Yeah. we're getting some of it out of it at least. Yeah, in dribs and drabs, but still, it's a refreshing change of pace to, yeah, see the breeze and pods and the ayers mm. uh, and hounds. Yeah, they need, like, shipping names or something, except <laughs> that's not that I don't want to ship them, I just need a twerge. Yeah. Uh, portmanteau, as other people call it. Ayer uh, hound. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, we get a bit of Oberon Martell and Seesaw Lannister just doing a bit of a garden walk, which I got a chuckle out of, because... Uh, when South Park do a parody of this, everyone yeah. is just walking through a garden plotting. <laughs> you know he's going to betray you. They call this the Garden of Betrayal. You should see it coming. <laughs> Pretty much. Although, yeah, Oberon does not really betray Seesaw, nor vice versa. He just gets his head pulverized. But yeah. still. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a good little blind from um, Seesaw at the end where, you know, uh, Oberon's all like, don't worry, your, your daughter is safe back in Marine, and we don't hurt little girls in Marine, and she goes, oh, they hurt little girls everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, oh, that's real and depressing. Mm. Mm. Um, but anyway, back to the lighthearted thing. Yeah. Watching Pod fuck up cooking a rabbit, that was I know. great. That was amazing. He's cooking it with a fur on, it's like, dude, even I know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but... We get a, I get a little glimpse. I didn't know that this was Pod's previous life of being Tyrion's... Uh, well, squire, effectively, but yeah. wine pourer is yeah. his main <laughs> rabbit. Squine. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was um, really good. And Squiner. Uh, no, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just getting to see that little glimpse into the thing and also being able to see uh, a little glimpse of where I'll see Tyrion going as well because mm. I've only seen him sort of beaten down, downtrodden, and fucking on the run from everyone. Yeah, and then the kind of rise after that. You've not seen him be the fun drunk, Yeah, so uh, that's coming at least. Yes, I want to see him drink, and I want to see him knowing things. Yep, hey, you know the cliches, awesome. (laughs) But like, Podrick has a bit of a moment, he's like, you know, uh, Brian of Tarth, aka Tilda Swanson, is all just like, so what did you do? And he's like, you know, I, I brought him his food, and I cleaned his sheets, and I poured his wine mostly, and... I killed a man once, and there's like a little yeah. flashback scene for him, a little, little, you know, uh, PTSD, maybe. <laughs> Ooh, and he said he, like, drove the spear through the back of his head. Yes, yeah, so wow. killed him without honor. Ooh, I wonder mm. if that was foreshadowing a later death scene. We'll find out. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stabs to the back of the head in this show. <laughs> to be fair, yes, yeah, yeah, that is a fair point. It's one of the many ways you can stab a head, so naturally they do it a lot. So <laughs> whether it's foreshadowing, I do not know. Mm. And I think that's all my notes besides the big... Big, big, big gens. Yeah, well, that means we must ask our next question. Violence! Mmm. Mmm, violence. I had no idea Noah Taylor was part of this show. Noah Taylor, that's who it was. I was like, I know that guy, and I know his face, I just can't pick it. It's that guy, he died with a falafel in his hand. I know. Well, no, he didn't. His roommate did. But he was in that movie. He was in that movie. And, you know, beloved Australian actor who I keep forgetting the name of. Yeah, manager in Almost Famous as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's in this. And uh, he's, he's got some good scenes coming in the back future. Yeah, apparently he's in for eight episodes, so, mm-hmm. yeah, number yeah, except eight. Except 
been plenty murdered here. Because he had this devious plan to steal Brandon Stark and head him off. And I like how he proves it's Brandon Stark by just mm. cutting his leg and go, oh, look, you didn't react. And I kind of want Brandon to go, oh, ow. <laughs> ooh, you re- ooh, I can feel that. Ah, mm, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the kid looked like so, like an unfeeling moody teen anyway. It's just like, <laughs> it's like oh, whatever, I cut myself all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a. Uh, Again, it was a setup that I had to catch up on my own to be like, oh yeah, that's what's happening here. And I kind of got, mm. even though I kind of knew what was happening, I didn't know what was happening for a second. Yeah. Oh, but the gruesomeness on seeing, yeah, Noah Taylor's he- he- neck snap because, Ooh. yeah, so often you see that, you know, twist and dead thing and it's fairly, you know, bloodless. Oh, yeah. and Twist and it sounds like they just pop their neck, like yeah. a chiropractor and they fall down and it's all good. But here it's like the part of the collarbones popped up and ripping through the skin and it's, yeah, from when... uh. One does not simply wag into Hodor, uh, <laughs> but he does simply wag into Hodor and just snaps his neck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my goodness, does he what? And I do like uh, him pulling back out of Hodor and Hodor being like blood on his hands as a dead guy in front of him. He's like, the fuck did you do? Mm. I mean, Hodor! <laughs> but, you know, the the intent is still there. And it's, it's a heavy moment for someone who doesn't really get too much emotional lifting to be to have shock on Hodor. It's, 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 you feel it, you know, yeah. in your guts, in your heart bones. Yeah, it's just, what a really weird ragtag supergroup this is, though. You got the muscle, you got the waga, you got the guy who can see things. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that when um, Discount William Defoe comes in, <laughs> and it's all like, I'm going to torture and rape your sister. Huh? Have you seen it? And he's like, I can, if you let her go, I'll help you. He's like, how are you going to help me? Like, I yeah. can see things. Like, ooh, you can <laughs> see things. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, because I was wondering in that moment, because he's obviously going to die. The kid that yeah. sees things said he's going to die. And it's like, yep. I wondered how specific he was going to get. And just to have it as burned, I think, was, yeah, it was good foundation. Yeah, I do really like how they do his visions. He's just sitting there and they're all, everyone else is mopey. And he's like, oh, don't worry, you're not here. You're far away from here. And he, yeah. everyone's like, the fuck are you talking about? And it goes to kind of his, like, an, I don't know what you call it, where it's a... Characters POV, but you're not in their eyes. You're like behind their shoulder, effectively, but you're still seeing what they see. I don't, oh, know, right. I don't know what the term for it is. Uh, and you can see, um, you know, the the back wall of this uh, miserable cavern is uh, cavern. Yeah, cabin. I got stuck between cavern and cabin. I got cabin. Anyway, sounds like you got cabin fever. Oh yes. <laughs> anyway, the back of this miserable cabin is <laughs> just gone and you can see that tree they eventually end up in the hill and so that's a nice little bit of not even foreshadowing just predictiveness and then cuts mm. to him looking at his own hand and he's you're like what are you looking at dude and then it cuts back to his pov and it's on fire and you're like he's just like yeah shit's gonna get real fucky for me but uh you are all gonna be good yeah because that's the kid that died from grenades and white walkers and <laughs> shit died like four times like got stabbed by skeletons then blown up oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> and we we're like his sister was just like he's dead <laughs> fucking hell stop it <laughs> well that i mean to be fair they were like getting ahead of the whole turning into a white walker thing yeah true and it's also like huh you know what i got stabbed i got blown up i got murdered by white walkers no one set me on fire. I guess I was a little bit off on that one. But uh, <laughs> I like the fire as a metaphor for him being dead, not, you know, literally this is how it's going to happen. More, yeah. you know, he, doom, basically. But yeah, it's interesting. I think he's one, yeah, one of the very few people in this world that can fill out a How I Died bingo card. <laughs> True, not many people get that. <laughs> just, I'm getting better. <laughs> Boom. Oh, no, that did it. Almost got a straight. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, quite like all that vision stuff and uh, off-brand William Defoe is creepy, but mm-hmm. again, he does that well. 
Um, one does not simply walk in a hurdle. We've had that hurdle next stat. So, oh, just going so that down was my uh, the here. question. Yeah, what's um the girl's superpower? Uh, she gets to live, and apparently mm. has nice hair, according to off-brand William Defer. I mean, she was great at pulling a sleigh in the snow. She fucking yeah. destroyed it doing that. Yeah, uh, she doesn't have a superpower. Just all brand and uh, Spiderwick Chronicles kid <laughs> slash. Jojen, I wrote it down because I always forget his name, and he's quite good in this. Hmm. Oh, yeah. absolutely! Actually, both of them are. So. No, I thought uh, all of them were. Like even Olbran, uh, who I thought kind of—I don't think—always successfully walked the line between acting distant as a character and acting mm. distant as a, a person. Yeah. Like I kind of felt like he didn't like being there, to be honest. Seems like that. Maybe it's just because his voice had dropped and he doesn't know how to control the new one yet. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's like. There's a fine line between disinterested actor and disinterested character, and I don't know how you do it. Maybe he hadn't figured it out yet, because, yeah, fair enough, that's that's a hard line to walk. Also, can you imagine being that actor and being, okay, so what's my motivation here? Oh, you're the three-eyed raven. But what does that mean? Yes, use that. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, it feels like his character towards the end is so undefined. Trying to play it would just be so hard, because you're like, yeah. so am I like you know, a, a Lovecraftian nightmare god in the body of a small boy? Or am I just, you know, psychic? What am I exactly? Shut up. Do the, <laughs> read the lines, dork. <laughs> and what do I do when I wug? Oh! And it's just the confused, glazed-over look. Yup, that. <laughs> it's like, no, no, that was a... No, oh, son of a bitch, they left. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, to be all fair to um, the guy who plays Olbran... I think, what what do you have to work with yeah. when, when I feel like no one has properly explained what you're doing? It's still fascinating me how this kid aged, though, because yeah. in these moments, he looks like little Getty Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and just the big hair that's just clearly too much for his little head and wow. the bass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> little Rush. There's like an adorable Muppet Babies spin-off there. Yes! <laughs> With Hodor as Neil Pert. <laughs> Drums! <laughs> Pert. Oh my god, uh, what'd you say that kid's name was? Je- Jerry? Jojen. Jojen. Yeah, he's a little blonde kid, exactly like Alex Lifeson. This could oh, work. Wow. This, this has legs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Unlike Bran. Oh, Fuck! <laughs> yeah, boy! Uh, let's see here, what else have I got? Oh yeah, the whole the Night's Watch charge in to kind of uh, overthrow these, you know, um, deserters who have taken over this camp. Not a great fight scene. Like, a, a lot of it is, like, shot pretty close, and I'm like, I got got, got blurry, and I wasn't sure what was going on. Not, it wasn't bad, but it was a lot of just stabs up close, and I wanted a bit more sense of the scope of what was going on. Yeah, I get that. Um, what I did like about it is that it were, was lumbering. Like, yeah. yeah, these guys with the giant swords, you know, you, you felt the weight of the movement a bit better in this mm. one than, like, yeah, for example, the one between Bree and uh, the Hound, which I criticized heavily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I liked how this one was a bit more lumbering, but yeah, it didn't have really, um, like a solid direction. I, I liked the coloring in it too. Yeah. I, and I think it's just Game of Thrones really know how to light that whole, you know, sn- snowscape with fires around. Yeah. Everywhere. How to make gray and washed out blue still, you know, visibly distinct. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I do agree that um, there wasn't a real scope to it and it did feel a bit directionless. Mm. And I also quite like, uh, we were just talking about how in the last few seasons, all brands' motivation seems to be gone out the window. Whereas in this one, there's a moment where he sees John and he's like, ah, oh, he tries to call out to him and then Jojen's all like, no, no, if you if he finds you, 
he won't let you go keep going north. He'll bring you back to Castle Black. This yeah. will all be for nothing. And so he's like there and wants to reunite with his family. The very one of the last fa- like, uh, living family members he has left. And he just decides to take the high road and go. No, I, I have something to do, and moves on that way. I, th- I like that. It's a it's a good conflict moment of the small uh, child who wants to just you know hang out with his big brother and the the eventually the three eyed raven, whatever the fuck that means, <laughs> that has a mission to go on to that I guess matters or something. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, and um, and on Jon Snow as well, I actually really enjoyed the fight scene between him and Discount Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I thought. That was a nice pairing of things. Big lumbering giant sword versus two little ones. Mm-hmm. And like John, like, I liked how he was not very good at this scene as well. Yeah. He was clearly acting way too passionately and not strategically. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, in the last one, we were talking about how Ramsey Snow is meant to be killing all these guys when he's got two daggers and they've got armor and swords. And we we're like, yeah. how did that happen? Whereas here is a great example of that. You know, every swing John, John is making, every blow is a potential killer, but he's just, the, uh, Willem Dafoe just has to wait him out, get those you know quick strikes in, which he does. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's a good fight. It's a good little bit. And uh, then, you know, he, uh, Willem Dafoe finally has him down on the ground, foot on his sword, is about to go in for the kill. And he gets shanked in the back by this one of his victims, one of these women just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Goes after her and then shank right through the back of the head. Man. And they hold on that for a good long while and then hold on John just pulling it back out. It's like, oh, it's a little bit stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of pulls it out and the guy drops the ground. He gives this look of, okay, I had a good one line. I was going to be all like, well, well, he's got a sharp tongue. Hey. But uh, I feel like the moment's lost now because my sword got stuck in his skull. <laughs> and, I mean, it was there. I had something for this. Okay. Mm. Um, never mind. I'm, I'm John Bombshavy. <laughs> oh, John Bombshanky, man. That. <laughs> Just, yeah, you should have seen the look on your face. <laughs> it was like that, except he had a sword through it. <laughs> uh, he's already dead. I can't hit, do my one-liners. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, um, fucking, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think the Ramsey comparison is a really good one to make mm. in this moment as well, because I think this is another one where they were using the space really effectively. Yeah. And uh, and the inside of the cabin, and you know, giving contrast to the shit happening outside. Yeah, because it's all warmly lit. It's all in oranges and reds rather than all the blues and greys outside. Yeah, yeah, looks really good. And once again, it's given me hype to see what comes next in terms of building the animosity between these two characters. I felt like mm-hmm. they were leaving a lot. Yeah, out these, here. these mutineers, and yeah, yeah, they've they've betrayed the Night's Watch and stuff. And it all ends when uh, John gets reunited with a big doggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's a goo? Who who ate that bad man? Yeah. It's very interesting how they chose to shoot around the fact that there's clearly not a dog that size and he's just like <laughs> goes in for the pat but his hand's just hiding behind the head. It's like, oh, I'm definitely patting this dog and it's definitely not in the front of frame and I'm in the back. <laughs> and not just uh, some uh, guy in a green suit, yeah, probably Andy Circus. We're not Ian McKellening this shit. <laughs> <laughs> or who's uh, James Gunn's brother? Sean Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> he is also a uh, mocap guy mm-hmm. it's gotta be a tough life mocap guy mm. but uh hey especially for sean gunn it was like because when he was playing rocky rocket raccoon on uh guardians of the galaxy <laughs> rocky raccoon would be a very different movie yeah <laughs> cross cross reference with the beatles yeah yep yep <laughs> and groot went into the room and found um gideon's bible star lord's bible <laughs> no gamora's bible damn ah, it damn, it was right, it was right there, there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but when he's playing Rocket Raccoon, he's like squatting the whole time and like mm. walking on his knees. Or and sh- it's like, why didn't you get a short actor for this? <laughs> I think uh, James Gunn just wanted to mess with his brother. Oh, that'd be yeah, he probably did. 
His, you know, his parents are like, James, you need to give your brother a job on the movie. <laughs> I can't see what, uh, I can't wait to see what he makes him do for Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, he's playing like another rodent. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, there was a trailer for it. I forget who he is because I've got a shit ton of characters in this one. That's why I didn't remember because they yeah. decided, you know what, having 15 of them in the last movie, <laughs> yeah. let's double down on that. Yeah, he's like a fucking ferret or something. I don't know. Oh, that's what. Like, they even had the fucking polka dot man. I know. No one likes that. It's probably one of those stunt casting things where they're going to have all these people in for, like, a scene. Yeah. But whatever. We'll find out. Mm, Again, like... given the first Suicide Squad movie, there's only up to go. Yeah. So, uh, although, side note, I've been watching the Harley Quinn animated series. Fucking great. Oh, the one that's on, like, Prime or some shit? Yeah. HBO? Yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yes. Oh. Full big thumbs up on that one. Awesome. Anyway, seeing as we're talking about other series, we must be getting towards the end of our quest, <laughs> end of this. Uh, Elliot, do you have any other notes? Uh, one second, sorry. Yeah, go through them. Um, Danny, do you have any other notes? Hey, just messing with our friend Danny. <laughs> we know he's show. listening, and he can't reply. <laughs> <laughs> but if he would like to reply, yeah. let's give him some generic responses. Yeah, good point, buddy. <laughs> That's so true. I don't know. Can you back that up with a lecture? <laughs> what about more things about Getty Lee and Rush? <laughs> uh, no, I'm out of notes. Yeah, me too. Well, if I'm out of notes and you're out of notes, that means we must ask our final question. How did we get here? Oh, well, I heard from a book that I'm holding <sighs> that the next episode is called Oathkeeper. Mm. So... In line with the episode Oathbreaker, yeah. I think this episode is actually not going to have anything to do with being an Oathkeeper, and we're going to be asking ourselves once again, why is this episode called this at the way? Yeah, I feel like we have to have missed something in Oathbreaker. Like, yeah. I, can't, I don't know what. I don't want to watch it again. No, <laughs> but I, maybe there's a clue in Oathkeeper that yeah. will let us know. We'll be like, ah, oh, that's it. Okay, <laughs> let's hope so. Well, we'll find out that next time. But for now, I've been BT Calloway. That's been Elliot J. O'Neill. Goodbye. And for now, our watch is ended. Denarius. Denarius. <laughs> yeah, I'm on board.